Welcome to episode 267 of the No Persinium podcast, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from the No Pro headquarters here in Los Angeles, the source of everything immersive, aka the kitchen table. This week on the show, two returning guests, two returning friends, uh, Monica Miklas and Lauren Ludwig of Capital W are here to talk about their new show, Fire Season, which is opening up at the Paramount Ranch in the Santa Monica Mountains here in Los Angeles this weekend. It is a socially distanced show uh, involving radio transmission, and it's completely outdoors. And I checked it out last weekend. And indeed, what you're about to hear is the podcast we recorded after driving back to our respective homes (laughs) after Monica had performed twice and uh, and we're, we're all a little punchy because uh, uh, it's it is an endless, endless month was September and October has found a way, a glorious way to crunch even more time into what you think is 24 hours. More on that on the back end of the show. Um, just a few things to take care of before we jump into the interview, because there's a lot to talk about on the back end of the show. First off, I want to thank our latest Patreon backers. Those are the folks who make this whole thing possible. They are, and I'm probably going to butcher your name, and I apologize in advance. Uh, When possible, when you sign up for the Patreon, please send me a message with a pronunciation guide for your name. Doesn't even matter if you don't think I need it. Please send it. Just send it. I've been a substitute teacher. I've been a radio broadcaster. Please send the pronunciation guide. All right, here we go, because we got a lot this time, and I'm so thankful. Lara Marson, Tom Minter, Ryan Matsunaga, Naomi Siegel, Sylvia Wong, and Luella Estelero. Thank you all so much. Uh, We cannot do the work we do, which is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. A lot of work in public that we give out for free, 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 and that's only possible because folks like you jump in at the $2 level, at the $5 level, and we know that our work reaches thousands and a few hundred of you make that possible. We are up to 342 backers. That's the most number of backers we've ever had. We're just eight away from our next big milestone. All this work, the websites, the newsletters, the podcast, the Facebook groups where we moderate things, All of it depends on the generous support of backers like you and backers like our sustaining backers, Mark Balthazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hanson, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Samuel Mistry, Sidney Guillory, Jeremy Charles Hahn, Alicia Mullen, Emily Gillette, Brittany, and Elaine. Join folks at patreon.com slash nopersinium. And indeed, if you join before this weekend and over this weekend, you'll have access to our Discord where we are doing a backer and here uh, badge holder thank you weekend uh, with some panels and some performances and some other fun stuff uh, that is backer and badge holder only. Uh, And that's as as much as we'll advertise about it because it's kind of on the down low in a weird way. Not a weird way. There's nothing weird about it. I'm just too tired to like sell tickets. That's why. (laughs) 
You all know this. You, you, most of you've been here for this. What am I saying? What I'm saying is we've got an interview to get to. We've got a few things to get on the back end, and I have a whole lot of work today. And not just because I'm usually lazy and procrastinating. Nope, it's been a busy week. We'll get into that after this interview. We're all tired, so we'll we'll kind of have the vibe of an after dark, uh, and 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 we'll we'll just we'll just jump right into it. Um, oh yeah, it's, that's that's like a sub series of ours. It just means like we're tired and drinking. Um, <laughs> I am drinking, just so people are clear. <laughs> then then you know what? It's official. It's, I've just got water, but now it's an after dark if you're drinking. Yeah. Uh, for everyone's sake, uh, I always have to remember when I do this with more than one guest. Uh, I'm going to have you identify your voices. So uh, we'll start with Lauren, and then we'll go to Monica. Uh, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. This is Lauren. And this is Monica. Fantastic. Um, and Monica, something I didn't risk and jump right in. Uh, there's there's an ASMR quality to your voice, or it can have that, that I never, I never noticed uh, until this show. Thank you. Yes, I didn't know it had that quality either until I started doing uh, witch baths for people. And then I kind of realized it and yeah, kind of leaned in. Please, I, I really hope you tell everybody what a witch bath is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I should tell everyone what a witch bath is. You should, well, yeah. I'm a witch and I take a lot of baths. <laughs> and. That's where I do most of my witch work. This is sounds like I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Truly not. Not at all. And last year, about a year ago, I decided I wanted to um, make bath experiences for other people. And so I would invite people to my house uh, to use my bathtub and I get them set up with like special tea and things to go in the bath water and candles and it's all very intentionally chosen and then I would write a meditation for them and record it and then oh, wow. uh, play it via a bluetooth speaker in the bathroom while they were taking a bath and while I quietly waited outside reading a book um, and so I did those for a handful of people and then this spring uh, during lockdown, we adapted that into a, a performance piece called Dive, which was where we tried to create as much of that experience as we could remotely. So I would do a meditation live for people over Zoom while they were in the bath, and I would kind of guide them through how to create a ritual bath for themselves. And this was part of a larger capital W series called What Do You Need? And that one, that was one that I wanted to do. The downside is, is that the bathtub here at, at my apartment, which is 112 years old, my apartment, wow. the bathtub, the bathtub might be a little, which is old for Los Angeles. Uh, the bathtub's probably a little bit younger than that. Probably about 1978. Um, That's a really specific <laughs> approximation, Noah. Yes. I just just it looks like it maybe may could have been later. I don't know. The tiles may be newer than that, that but like there's there's a quality. Like a late late fall of 78, it looks to it, me. 
yeah, you know, like it's got a certain, it's, it's really, anyway, the point being, uh, the bathtub sucks. So, which yeah. has been the five years plus years I've been here. That's been one of my, one of the sad things is that like, I finally have a bathtub again and it, and it's, it sucks. So, um, <laughs> I can't really use it. And that makes me sad because I, I, I'm a bath person. That's true. Um, well, I will say now we did account a little for this in that if you didn't have a bath or you didn't like baths, uh, there was an option for to do the dive experience where you you can either do a nature bath outside or you can get tucked into bed and get the experience like as if you were going to sleep. Yeah, but if you very sweet, but if you are a bath person, oh, I know, like right. you yeah. really you want the bath. That's right. Yeah. You know, like. Like that's the thing. It's like, oh, so close. But so close. one day, you know, one day, uh, I'll I'll, con- I'll contract Monica for for when I'm gonna like go out to like Las Vegas or something like that, mm-hmm. and like go on like my my uh, decade once a decade trip to the to go commune with the desert and uh, then do a spa day, oh and uh, and I'll <laughs> I'll make sure that that's uh, that that a Zoom call with Monica is part of that. So there that we go. That sounds like a perfect plan. Really does. It really is, actually. I recommend yeah, it to anyone. <laughs> this can be arranged. This Wait, be arranged. should we all drive there now? Is that oh, crazy? I'm too tired to do it right I now. But crash you know, my car yeah. and take out an entire freeway of people right oh now. I'm so I tired. Feel, I feel like the opposite. I feel like amped with like that those the serotonin of just opening a show. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, that's where I am. Just so oh rough. gosh. Yeah, you're you're the lucky one. <laughs> I, I yeah. do feel a little high from show opening weekend. I do. I well, was and, there and, immediately after we ended this afternoon, and I almost just fell asleep oh, on the no. couch five minutes before we started talking. So let's let's talk about what we are talking about, which is the show that you're. So this was this was final dress and preview, right? This weekend, That's right. yeah. So for for fire season, which is. Uh, Capital W's first n- new in-person show in the, the current era. Um, and it's out at Paramount Ranch uh, here in the Santa Monica Mountains. Um, and I just, I, it's been six months <laughs> since I've seen anything live. And like, wow. The first day of lockdown, like the night when lockdown began, was the night when um, Madcap Motel was supposed to oh, have right. its press night, right? Um, and and that was going to open, and and so it's been from that Thursday back in March, the the ceiling, until mm-hmm. now, and I gotta say, like you know. One, I love that we're able to have this show exist, mm-hmm. but two, like while I was out there, um, and we'll explain what the show is in a second, mm-hmm. I I was just I was struck by the fact that this this could easily be a show like in its exactly the form form it's in right now, in a non in the non-pandemic version of, of 2020. Like I would want it to be this. I'd want it to be this thing where, and I'll describe it. Well, actually, Lauren, Monica, why don't you describe 
how the show works, like the the shape it takes, and then we'll kind of dive into what it's about and the themes because there's a lot there's a lot in here. Hmm. Sure, you take this, Mon. Okay, yeah, your show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so fire season is <clears throat> uh, an outdoor audio exploration of climate change and climate anxiety. I would say. Um, what happens is audience members arrive, they're given a set of headphones and an FM receiver. Uh, all of these things are meticulously cleaned multiple times before and after shows, uh, which we have to say now. Um, and then they, they can go wherever they want in Paramount Ranch, which is a, a big park operated by the National Park Service in the Santa Monica Mountains National Recreation Area. And there are a number of trails, there are a number of great trees to just sit underneath. And as the audience members wander around, I perform live for them uh, a series of essays, uh, prose poetry, um, reflections. Myths and stories. Yeah, myths and stories that I've written that all connect back to uh, these ideas of climate change, wildfire, um, the connection of modern humans to the natural world and how that's changing and what that might look like in the future. Yeah. Lauren, what did I? Yeah, I know you did great. Um, <laughs> and I would say the things that were really important to us were that the piece take place in a landscape that had been fire burned mm -hmm. and the site of a fire. We didn't, we weren't sure from the start if that was essential and it really turns out to be essential to the piece, which we discovered through developing it. And just riffing off that for a moment, you know, we've been developing this piece for quite a long time. Yeah. So from before the pandemic and one of the reasons we felt really good about moving it forward at this moment, once outdoor small gatherings were allowed was that it was a piece that, wanted to exist in exactly the format that we could put it up in and that meant that we were completely supporting it artistically but also supporting the community by giving them a piece of art that is live has a light gathering element but is very safe and was not in any way being had had nothing sacrificed in its core mission because of the pandemic exactly yeah i mean by itself the format is just the format is perfect for this material and, you know, going around Paramount Ranch through, through a spot that, you know, because of Hollywood, we all know we've all seen before, mm. but maybe we've never been to before. Um, and, and that surre surreality and to see land that's been touched by fire and is growing back or has grown back, but, but the human parts of it haven't come back, right? Like the, yeah. the stuff that, that people constructed isn't, isn't there anymore. Like that's an interesting dimension to the landscape, but walking around with FM transmitters and, or transmit on receivers and, and getting this show like sort of beamed into you, um, it, I was trying to put my thumb on what the shape of it reminded me of. And I, at the end, I realized that this, this has sort of a, 
a Mike Daisy Spalding Gray um, cool. f- kind of format to it. Hmm. And, and mostly I was thinking that because like I've been thinking about how like traditional theater people are like coming into like our space and sometimes they're poo-pooing, you know, what's being done mm-hmm. and like, and I'm actively thinking about some folks and being like, oh, yeah, what happens if so-and-so sees this? Like, are they going to like hate it because like I'm walking around outside and why am I doing this? And it's just this or just that, mm-hmm. you know, like this is just a radio play, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking of like the negative stuff people, you know, people outside of our world would, you know, might, if they're looking at the form. And I realized it was like all, yeah, like this, this is a, this is a a storyteller format. This is a Mike Daisy. This is a Spalding Gray. This is like, you know, if if it was you sitting at a table with a microphone, you know, like you, you probably wouldn't be changing a word. It Mm. would still, it would still all be the same words. We just wouldn't have the landscape adding that dimension of, of really being there. And that sort of meditative aspect to it. Yeah, the I will say this started as Monica's writing. Um, we weren't sure originally which form to put it in or how to exactly give it to people. I think Monica had really wonderful, clear impulses right off the bat of like the feeling of it, mm. and, and had a lot of really cool ideas for different iterations. Um, but it it did feel full of an expanse of possibilities of what to do with it. And then on the other hand as soon as we started to develop it by playing with it in context, different contexts, it suddenly became clear that the language required such specific attention that you actually had to be careful not to overwhelm it. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, and, and then on the other hand, I would say, if I did hear this alone in the theater, I'd be picturing the landscape the whole time. Right. I'd almost be missing the landscape. So we're trying to strike that balance, I think. And truly part of the mission of the piece is to uh, either rekindle or nurture our relationship to nature. And so to have it staged in a way that did, where nature wasn't there at the table with you, I think would somehow seem hollow. Um, that to you have to enact the mission of the piece within the format of the show Mm, well said yeah that in situ aspect of it that that need to wed the the logos the the words to the actual you know flesh of the world Mm, Um, right and of course oh no you please (laughs) well of course i in my mind, I think that's what makes it immersive, that in situ is such a perfect phrase to describe it, because Lauren and I have talked a bit that you don't see, uh, or I guess we haven't seen storytelling immersive shows, that I think very often our, our first impulse is, oh, well, the characters have to be part of a world, and we're going into the character's world, and in this show, it's a little bit different. There, there isn't, you could make guesses about who this character is or who is speaking to you, but in a lot of ways, it's just me as yeah. I am the storyteller or a version of me as the storyteller. And well, yeah, so there's, there's not that layer of artifice, but I think the, it still is immersive because you're in a landscape that you're 
trying to connect to. I think it's that. And also there, there are points in the piece. And I don't want to give away too much here because I, because we're recording this uh, before the opening, it's going to open the weekend. We, we, we drop this episode. There, there are points in the piece where you play with what I like to call the, that the vow, like who the listener is can can change a little bit because of who you are addressing. Mm-hmm. And there are moments when it feels there are moments when you're addressing a lover. Um, and, and I want to dive into that a little bit to talk about like, you know, well, yeah, let's, let's start with that. Cause okay. the, thing that follows, <laughs> the thing that follows on like in that moment of, 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 as you're addressing a lover, as we're all listening to it's, it's some, some kind of direct and intense imagery and you're you're sending this out to to everyone and and you're you're making the choice to address the audience as you so you're you're making the choice to activate the thou you could have gone third person i'm wondering why why that form of address for that sequence and then from there there's there's another there's there's a there's an effect that happens afterwards I do want to get into but but yeah why why that gamble really <laughs> so high stakes I yeah it, it is the part of the piece that feels uh the most hot to me as a performer it's like oh boy here we go yeah, I, I came around a bend and started to like get a little bit of static, and it it almost felt like I had jumped channels because oh suddenly the nature of the material was different, and it was like, oh, that was that was unintentionally perfect. Oh my gosh, <laughs> right? It's that. like I I skipped onto a I skipped onto the secret track uh, <laughs> by by just getting that running that little bit right there. The shit, like um, Showtime coming in, like in your old cable. It felt like, that yeah. way. <laughs> there, like honestly, after the image, you know, like just yeah. shake it a little harder. We can get it clearer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kids don't know what this is like. They don't. They just know. They just knew the lime wire. I oh guess. My God. So. Also, anybody listening to this is gonna feel like what is <laughs> the language is not as porny as we're acting. Like. No, 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 no. Just so we're clear. Definitely. I would say no, there's there is like, you know yeah. it's it's you know it's no it's it's no heavier than anything you'd find in the Bible. So, <laughs> the Song of Solomon parts of the Bible, but the More Bible colorful language, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, have you read Song of Solomon? That's gets oh, it. I have. Yeah. I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> Come on, Monica That's loves right. sensuality in the Bible. Yeah. Yep. Favorite topic. <laughs> okay. I actually so, at one point like thought about putting a a verse from the Song of Solomon in the show. Oh my God, fantastic! Okay, so okay, so, so this question to answer this yeah, question. this question, like the, the the thou, why why yeah. why situate the audience in that in that perspective? I think I wanted I want them to feel um I want it to feel hot for them too. I want them to be kind of charged and in that moment of the show I would say it sort of it touches uh an erotic space um and I have 
had a lot of feelings over the last few years where sort of romantic, erotic, sexual feelings are almost connected to these same feelings about nature. Like the feeling of awe that I get in nature is very similar to the feeling of awe that I have about um, love and human relationships and touch. And I, I just wanted people to feel it in their belly, like a, like a lover was addressing them. Lauren, do you have any thoughts about that? Oh, I love it. Uh, no, I liked actually hearing your thoughts because we've never talked explicitly about this at all. Yeah. I think, um, so I think that for, for us, I think we want the audience to be allowed to imagine there are a few different things if they feel like it or that they're just themselves. Yeah. I would say, unlike other immersive pieces we've done this one does not need you to be cast as one thing in fact it's actually closest maybe to rochester 1996 in that way where you're you actually i think do keep moving through different things if you want so yeah it's even optional i think in this piece you don't have to take on any of it if you don't want you can just be you if you feel like it so i really like that we are keeping people guessing on that front and actually not holding their hand through those changes because i think that i want just when you think you know what this piece is, you're like, oh, then she speaks to you this new way. And you're like, oh, I have to listen closely. Yeah, She's going to mm-hmm. keep changing things. I can't just be like, okay, it's about nature. Oh, it's also about this. Oh, it's also like about this. Now I'm getting a myth. Okay. Like I really like the, the way it keeps you on your toes. Well, one of the interesting things about, about that particular sequence is actually what it does to the sequences around it mm. in that in that moment, knowing that we've we've shifted over into uh, our perspective in terms of who the target is, it made me kind of realize, if you will, that earlier I was being addressed as if I was a child, not in a bad way, but like the care was like the, like a mother's care, mm. and I started to think about like. And there's other there's other lines. I started to realize there was like a little like maiden mother crone, like three the three energy to to some of what was happening. It didn't, yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't a pronounced thread. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't hit or hammered pretty heavily, particularly particularly the the crone side wasn't. Although there 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 are sprinklings in there, little dusty dusty bits. I think Monica knows what I'm trying to say, um, and. But but those those forces were at work and kind of really realizing it, with that sort of retroactive sort of filling in of like oh when when she was talking to me like this I was I was sort of this to her mm-hmm. and now now at the moment we're listening and, and and this is who she's addressing and maybe a little farther down we're going to be someone else and and that was one of the things where for for a little while it was. There were, there were parts when I perspective wise maybe got a little lost, but by the end realizing that because we were shifting modes and really in, in, in the form it takes at the end, that's when I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is a, again, I was like, oh, we're in Mike Daisy territory. We're in Spalding right. Gray territory. Like it's one of the, it's, it's, it's one of these, it fits, if it's squarely in, like on the one hand, you know, that can be like 
of ease when trying to roll out and explain to people it's like what is this thing and on the other hand it it's also knowing that that form like to to y'all's point about you know we haven't seen a lot of immersive storytelling shows like knowing that that form of theater that form of performance can be a can be opened up in a different way through immersive is cool. really good to know <laughs> yeah that's a good cool. thing to know. it's like oh yeah this is working great <laughs> that's one of the things i always love chatting with you with the stuff what you know about this stuff is because i feel like i'm like oh is that's what we did is great that what it is? Okay. is that what it is because <laughs> i think that like man i don't know it was so interesting this process felt really different because this is the first pro- the first show that Monica has fully scripted in our history as a company and so in some ways it felt radically different and then in other ways it still had the same intuitive but well thought out development process that I hope we try to do which is like you're trusting your instincts but you're also double checking and thinking rationally and researching as needed to support that and figure out why you like those instincts Um, but it felt so cool and different to have another person in the center of that Uh, it was really it was really great. And it was definitely what our company needed in this moment, I think, mm-hmm. is to expand into this like radical new voice that Monica is bringing that I just like love getting to experience as a listener. It was very fun. Let's talk about this a bit because, Monica, you've been the behind the scenes player for the, the, the history of the company with the exception of the, the what you need s- sequence right. uh, pretty much this entire time. Talk to us a bit about that shift in role. Talk, talk, and 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 you step in here, you know, in a super accomplished way. So it's like oh. I, like I would not, Yay. you know, yeah. Oh my yeah. god, I'm having mom vibes right now. Yeah, I'm excited for you. And, <laughs> so and like, you know, this. I mean, just you know, disclosure, disclose her disclosure, right? It's like <laughs> we're friends. We. Mm-hmm. we occasionally work on stuff together that's like not creative stuff uh but but nevertheless it's definitely work um and and but but nevertheless like this this is this is fucking grounded like this this has everything that i expect out of a capital w show in terms of the the depth and the polish um and it's it's your it's your first time out of the gate in this context. So what 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 drew you to do this one? Well, but before I answer that, first let me say that you know, Lauren and I have been working together for over ten years. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. That's just real. <laughs> I'm not that old. Stop oh it. god. Yes, no. screams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, Lauren has been so encouraging of me and, you know, I think that this, this show feeling like a capital W show is a testament, um, both to Lauren's vision and, and, and steady hand as a director and encouragement of me, um, as well as the fact that our other projects were collaborative. And so, uh, even though this was the first show that I wrote, um, it's not the first show I developed with capital W, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, no, not at all. 
no, it's very always been very collaborative and also like, uh, yeah. I mean, you are like the most intimate collaborator I've had as a writer in that space. So your your voice and ideas have always been a part of the, the shows for sure. Yeah. Um, but I would say that a few years ago, I was, um, people close to me now, I was having a, a major depression. Um, and one that was truly frightening. And it really forced me to get more serious about taking care of myself, taking care of my mental health. And as part of uh, getting healthy again, I made a lot of changes in my life. And I started being much more honest with myself about what I want out of life. And I started being more honest with the people I collaborate with, with my partner, with my family. And part of that was realizing, you know, I've, I've thought of myself as a writer since I was seven and I got so invested in this image of myself as, Oh, this business person. Oh, this spreadsheet person. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And um, then finally I was like, fuck these spreadsheets, man. There's more to life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, it's like I, I really like found myself confidence again, and as part of that, started writing again. And um, you know, of course, I, I tried not to like force my writing into a certain format, which is why it's sort of this bizarre. Uh, most of it's like lyric essays, which are a thing, but I didn't know that till after I started writing them. And. Yeah, then and then started thinking like, how does this become theater? Because that's what I do, and yeah, it kind of evolved from there. Yeah, it was like Monica started to make it very clear that she was writing um, on her own and also wanted to be doing some sort of new immersive piece that she really spearheaded. And it's like I, you know, when you collaborate with somebody for a long time on context and then you switch you know, you, I would be lying if I didn't say there's that moment before you've seen their work where that they say they want to do where you're like, I really hope that this is amazing. <laughs> if it's not, I know I won't lie and that will suck. Um, yeah. And then there was, I actually don't remember the context you first read it to me in, but it was honestly maybe two years ago now or a year and a half ago. Probably, where yeah. was like, right. And you were like, I want to yeah. read you one of the things I've been writing. And I, and the first time she read me one of these pieces, I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> this is, this. thank God. Not only is this not bad, I was like, motherfucker, she's definitely a better writer than I am. God damn it. <laughs> I was like, well, and look, yes, we do different things. Very different. Things, very different totally, styles. Very different writers. But the way that she writes is like the way I think writers are supposed to write. And this really amazing. I'm like, this is so lyrical and vivid and poetic at this, like, grounded but poetic how do you do that yeah well, that's, and that's, and that's one of the things it. yeah like it it flashes me back the quality of the writing the the, the 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 in the sense of the the lyric that's grounded flashes me back to you know your second show is capital w and the drum right mm. like like yes. you know like there's this this is definitely the kind of piece that would come out of this theater company Right. 
and and the fact that it's coming out of the core of this theater company just I don't know if that like just is proof that like creativity is fractal or something like that, but like teeth and talent are like Ooh, bundled like up together in a way. Nice theory we're creating. Um, fractal. I'm I'm tired. I haven't, I haven't walked around <laughs> that much outside in six months. So um <laughs> blame 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 the sheer exhaustion. Um the yeah, like I don't I don't think there's there's more to the point than that, but just that it it feels it feels so much like a, a capital W show. And it's something where, you know, in other hands, I could see someone like firing off this stuff, but there's the level of polish. Like, you know, there's, there's a takeaway thing uh, as part of it. It's you know, a little spoiler to that, but like, that's got a lot of polish to it. The, the sound design is amazing. Like if you, if you didn't know that it was being, being broadcast, and there was a live component uh, you would quickly figure out because you're getting some information in, in what you're being told really early on, early on. You're like, Oh yeah, this is, this is live. This is in the moment. I, mean, and I love the fact that you like y'all do that. And, uh, sidebar. No, before you go forward, that that takeaway that you're talking about, which is mm-hmm. I'll just spoil for people. There is a zine at the end. Um, the, just in case you weren't an, annoyed already, Monica made that she graphic designed that zine. On her own, I was like, "Get the on pa- paper. It's made with well, all with paper, not in Photoshop." I know. So anyway, I know I'm like, a, I can't stop bragging about Monica, but I'm, I'm, I am. <laughs> well, like... you should you should be very proud. So <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm proud of our little angel. Yeah. I no, know, but I seriously. No, I mean, like, uh, people are gonna. Yeah, like this anyway. this thing. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Like I'm looking cool. at it right now. I hadn't I hadn't opened it up yet until like we were on the air and I'm like, right. Like I knew, I knew there was some, I knew I could tell there were like, you know, some visual qualities to it, but like, Oh my God, this is. That's gorgeous. Yeah. And it's, actually, it's no, that's just a temp because we're still in previews. The real one's like actually about twice the size of that. No. Yeah. It's, it's going to be like a broadsheet style. Oh my yeah. God. It's modeled after these um maps I found. So when my parents moved to California, they had all these, old national geographics they'd saved like everyone they got for 20 years and they were like this is crazy we can't move the national geographics and so i went through all of them and i pulled out every insert like maybe like once a year there'd be an insert like yeah. like a special map yeah and i pulled all of the maps so i have probably 20 or 30 pieces and it's modeled after how those like unfold and open up and have little different sections. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. And like it just yeah, the the polish. I mean that's that's the thing about what can be kind of what can be kind of exhausting out here on on the edge is you know people will get an idea, they'll get it up quickly, uh it'll have a lot of freight edges. Um and there'll be something there'll be something interesting and dynamic about it, and it's enough to kind of like you know clear clear the bar. I see. But but there's when 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 things work well, there's also plenty of time when it's like nope. <laughs> there's plenty of nopes too. Right. Um, but, <laughs> but the there's there's only there's still only like a few companies that are working at like a level of polish and and something that in some ways is some simple, relatively simple ingredients, right? 
there's a sound design, there's a voice, there's words, there is a zine, and there's a really good location scouting. Uh, and and yet you you push it another stop, right? You make sure that it it comes together. And in so doing that that's that way in which immersive is kind of like fine dining. It's like the difference between yeah. like what good immersive is. It's like it's the difference between like, oh, that was, you know, yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get cheeseburgers. And like, oh, what, look what Luda is doing, you know? And, <laughs> and I feel, I feel like, uh, I feel like that's the, the dialectic we're in like right now. Dang, and and I think, and I think it comes down, it, it's about your, your process. So you yeah. were working on this for a, a couple of years. How, how does it, how does it get layered in? How do these layers develop? How do you get that depth of flavor there? <laughs> You're taking the metaphor the whole way. The whole way. I'm going to take it the whole way. I got to see Chopped once during uh, during, <laughs> during lockdown while standing in the doctor's <laughs> waiting room. Got to see a whole episode and I was like, I missed this shit. Oh, so, yeah. It's um, real good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love me a cooking show. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, um, I will say actually some of those pieces, some of the text that ended up in the show really was written two years ago. Um, yeah, one section in particular, it, I, I stumbled upon a journal um, maybe six weeks ago. I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's going in. We're just going to put that right there. Um, so yeah, there's a a real mix. I would say maybe, what would you say, Lauren? Half or two thirds of the show was written during the process of the last six months. Yeah, that's right. And maybe a third um, is stuff that was written before. And it's really, it's such an iterative process. We would, we started with a, you know, a body of work that I'd compiled over the last couple years and we read that out loud we did a reading with other actors then I went away and I wrote some more things based on what went well at that reading then we started going to parks and then I'd write more and then we'd go to another park and I'd write more and you know and the whole time Lauren and our production manager Christina um giving me feedback what's working what feels like the show It, it got to a certain point where it was it's like the old Miami Vice joke Oh my God, that's vice, not vice, vice, not vice. Oh yes, you're kind of, you're so right. Well, you, that's the, that's what I was trying to say before, which is like even though it was you, in terms of the heart and the soul, it was like still that same process. That's the exact Absolutely. process. Maybe use that on every show. You can just feel some things are in the show, and then you can feel some things aren't in the show. And honestly, I don't think I felt the show until the first time I heard Monica's voice in my ears walking through Paramount Ranch. That's when I first was like, "This is the show." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and how long ago was that? Two months, two and a half, maybe? Yeah, middle of the summer. Yeah, like July, June, July, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. How about July? I think yeah. you're right. I think it was July. I think we were. J- July was nine years ago, though, y'all. <laughs> 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 what is time? Um, <laughs> no, that, that, yeah, because there's. I could I can totally see that like even with all the material like you're there in your Paramount ran- in Paramount Ranch you're hearing Monica's voice in your ears and you know 
that's what snaps it together. It's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. And also like, you know, in a great way, like we, we try to throw every idea that we're interested in on the table always with every right. show. Right. It's so like at one point we were like, I got really interested in fire towers. Monica was yes. like, yes, those are great. Yes. And we were like, do we do it in a fire tower? <laughs> and then we were like, okay, that's pretty intense logistically. <laughs> Getting people to all climb about a hundred foot ladder or whatever, like this, we can't do this. Um, and then, you know, uh, eventually it's like, well, the thing that really matters, as Monica said, is the landscape. So then there was this wonderful period of time. I mean, we spent, you know, we took the first two months of the pandemic totally to be totally distanced like everybody else did. Um, and that's when we released What Do You Need series and a virtual adaptation of Red Flags. And then about two months into the pandemic, we were like, is it time to come back to fire show? That's what we called it then, the fire show. And we tentatively did a first rehearsal at a park, uh, Temescal Canyon. And Monica had recorded her voice and we had a couple of like MP3s to like listen to of her voice. And Mm -hmm. we just, Christina, who I just want to say, Monica mentioned her before, but our production manager, Christina, is also like such a wonderful creative presence that we've brought into the company in the last year. Mm -hmm. She's wonderful. And she and I and Monica would wander around these parks listening to Monica's voice and be like, what is this? And isn't it weird that we're all walking around with these masks and what is everything? And it's like everybody was doing and it was just okay to go outside again. And, you know, that's what it was. And for a while we were like, okay, we think the fall, but let's not put any pressure on ourselves. Um, and then eventually it became, okay, yes, definitely the fall. And it's shoot, man, it's really got to be Paramount Ranch. And, yeah. you know, it's scary to permit as an immersive Piece, Super like, scary. Yeah, you're like, should we just try to gorilla it? And then we, Monica and I have been really trying, ever since our wonderful experience working with the Denver Center last year, we've really tried to be moving more into a space of trying to just take the time it takes to talk institutions through what we're trying to do. And just mm-hmm. go slow and build relationships. Like That's clearly to us, I think, the next phase of our work and the next phase of exposure. And I don't mean that in the gross way. I mean that in the like... Yeah. We want more people to experience this work. We, it matters so much to us. It's our life's calling. Right. How know? do we make, how do we yeah. live our calling? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, right I think, and I think getting, getting that institutional support is a, a critical part of it. Right. Critical. Like, yeah. and it doesn't even have to be a support, just understanding. Just understanding. Like you need to grok what it is. You're trying to do what now? It reminds yeah, exactly. me of, it reminds me of, you know, Monica, I think you might've been there for the meeting when we went to like the DCA uh you know and 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 they 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 understood what we were doing but they were saying like all see everyone else in the city just thinks you're doing sex parties you know it's like you're just doing raves and sex parties and it's like all that's 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 what they said like like they said like you know that's what that's what that's what like the the permitting people think this stuff is like they just they just think you guys are are doing you know it's it's all sex dungeons right like that's that this is all code for that there's right? a time and a place for sex dungeons and and they're there's different from immersive theater exactly exactly you know like it's not they are not the Reese's peanut butter uh, cups of immersive so um right. that is so like, funny. yeah <laughs> like there's and and. But that's that's what you know. If if you don't have any foreknowledge of this stuff, right. it's really hard to it's hard to explain it to people because yeah. it rests in the experience. It does now. But here is what is so interesting about Paramount Branch. Here is our way in. Um, 
Paramount Ranch, as we mentioned in the piece, and as people in LA might know, it's a regular shooting location. And if mm-hmm. you're a film location, you have dealt with everything. Like you, mm-hmm. you've yeah. dealt with the craziest shit. And so, but but the other side of that is often film, shooting locations will have exorbitantly high prices. Expensive. Just, right. So because this is a park, a national park, and it's all very um, legislated in terms of that, like there's this very, and they're, they are aware of sliding scale stuff and they are aware of things yeah. being bigger and smaller. So eventually it became clear to us that like, because especially we were doing this FM broadcast, like what if we were like, what if a ranger tunes yeah. in? We got to be on the level. Yeah. We want to be able to promote it. And again, we do want to build these relationships. So we put together like just a very comprehensive application and we apply just through the normal channel i tried to like find an email and get like a personal relationship and they were like so wonderfully bureaucratic they were like nope official channel and i was like here's okay. the permit just fill yeah. it out we'll yeah. talk and it's so scary filling it out you really don't know if you'll never hear anything or it'll be bajillion dollars um and they i will say uh they they really worked with us to get it the permit to be a reasonable rate and we um also for the first time as a company use the fact that we do uh, have a not-for-profit relationship with Fractured Atlas to sort of like really formally fundraise Mm -hmm. in a more proactive way. Um, And climate really does matter. And we got some really wonderful donations to support this. And so we were able to cover cover the permitting fee and the park really did work with us. And we have a wonderful ranger there, uh, Ranger Ken, who's been really wonderful. Ranger Ken is the best. Yeah, it's actually been really great. So I guess... You know, it's always a gamble, but I, I feel very happy that we went through the official system on this one. I do as well. I, I was just so, um, so surprised and so, um, it just made me so happy to, to like interact with a branch of the federal government where everyone we talked to was really helpful, really responsive, really like, you know, like saw the forest and the trees. Like when they, you know, they weren't super worried about risk. Like they had a very realistic perception of risk and it's just been really a pleasure and we're really grateful. Well, that's definitely heartening to yeah. hear like in this time <laughs> on, 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 on the verge, on the verge of the election, yeah. which actually brings up something else. You are in the midst of another project oh, that you're are. kind of on the download. Yes. Thank yeah. you for bringing this up. Um, so, you know, we love fire season. Um, it has limited audience capacity. There are definitely still tickets available, but it's got, you know, limited eight people a show and it's in LA, but we have another piece called a call from the resistance. And that has a a lot of slots. It's a one-on-one experience. Yeah. It takes, it's a 30 minute phone call one-on-one experience. Um, that, uh, is an exploration of residual electoral trauma from 2016. And it's a really gentle, experience that uh, allows space to release that and readies people for the upcoming election. So if you are somebody who would like to release some of that uh, stuff, um, the show is free because it is a community service for us. Um, we really want to offer it to as many people as possible. Um, and it's being run with this whole amazing group of volunteer performers. It's really wonderful. So um, yes, that is a call from the resistance. I'm very excited about that too. And that's something you can also find on the Kelpie website. Absolutely. That's great. They're both there. Um, I, I don't I don't know if I want to crack in too far into anything else about the show at the moment, just because we stand here at the beginning of opening. There are some slots left, and hopefully word of mouth is going to be strong enough to, to clear those through. And I just, 
this is something that I hope those who have the opportunity can check out. And it's, um, it's a form I hope that more people consider, um, particularly cause you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a while before we get back to the kinds of work we were all yeah. doing before, but you know, today was the first day in six months where I had that quintessential LA immersive experience of like, Oh, Hey, look, the gang's all here and yeah. friends yeah. I haven't seen in, in months and months and months. I got to see for the first time, even if we're all standing like 10 feet apart, and, you know, all wearing masks. Uh, and it, I remarked as we were like loading in, I was like, what's shocking is like how normal this feels. Oh, that's and, so reassuring to hear. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think someone, like Ray, I think was taken as me saying like, oh, stand, you know, us having masks and be apart. And I was like, no, no, no. I mean, like we're seeing each other at a show, right? Like this is, this is part of the deal, you know? And, uh, yeah, I definitely, yeah, there's, there's, there's been a part of me missing for a while and, uh, y'all, y'all, uh, y'all helped, uh, bring it back. So, and given, given that, you know, given the history of, of your company and this show and, 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 you know, all that, it makes, it makes sense. Uh, it makes sense that it'd be y'all's work that, that brought us back into the real world. I, that's really amazing to hear, Noah. Yeah. I will say, um, somebody else, what another immersive company, or an immersive, oh my gosh, sorry, <laughs> the, the exhaustion from opening the show just hit me. Another friend of ours who's in the immersive world came today, and he, you know, when people don't talk after a show, you're never sure if they like it or hate it, and or just, you just don't know. Yeah, are they and, humoring yeah, yeah. you, or are they like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. taking it in? Um, exactly. And he was just like quiet. And then he kind of like really, I felt him collecting himself. And then he said, I really needed this. And I was like, Oh, right. Because we've had this benefit of the yeah. show and rehearsing it has brought us together outside. We've been yeah. rehearsing and we kind of, it's easy to forget that not everybody's been having that. And, and to, in, in any way to forget like how special that is. So I, I'm really, really happy because to be providing any kind of container for connection in this time. And I'm really, really eager for capital W to continue to be at the forefront of like what theater can provide to a community when it is in strife. I really want us to keep making art that, that matters and connects people. And as things evolve, we're going to keep evolving with them. That's a great place to put a button on it. Yeah. Couldn't say it better myself. (laughs) <laughs> how Aww. how do folks how do folks connect with you you can go to our website which is capital w um we are also on instagram at capital w perf yay no yeah um those are the best ways we've kind of abandoned the other social medias I'm not going to tell you to find us on Twitter. We don't do Twitter. No, we don't do Twitter. It's Instagram yeah. and it's our website. And that's yeah. it. And that's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. Uh, th- th- there's there's other websites? I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. It's so good to talk to you guys again. It's so good to see you. you. too. Thank you so much for coming and for giving us a chance to talk about this show. We're really, we're really hoping to to help people feel connected to their agency and climate change and 
this, this issue keeps us up at night. So <laughs> thank you yes. for, for giving us some space to talk about it. Hmm. I'm glad you said that. It is the reason we're doing this show at the end of the day. And we do hope it gives people a clear space to both feel their feelings around it, but also take some clear, tangible actions by the end. Yeah. Once again, I want to thank Monica and Lauren for being our guests on the show. You can find tickets to Fire Season at capitalwperformance.com. You can also look them up on everythingimmersive.com, your search engine for all things immersive. Use it. Use it so we can figure out how to make it better. <laughs> Why do I always sound negative? Uh, I'm really happy with how it's going, so but it can always be better. That is the price of progress. You can always make things better, um, including our community. Uh, if you are a member of the Facebook Everything Immersive community, uh, and I know a lot of you are, uh, it's over 8,000 strong, uh, you know that there are not one but two stories right now that are unfolding uh, they, they would fall under, uh, in terms of simple categorization, although such stories I don't, I don't think should ever be simply categorized, but if you, if you need a handle and a hook on it, uh, this follows under, you know, the, the Me Too wave. Uh, it is, it has hit us, uh, it is long overdue in so many ways. Um, I'm not going to speak to, uh, the particulars of, uh, the stories, uh, that, that these brave young women have uh, come forward with, uh, you know, talking about abuses of power and position and authority by men. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into the details. I want you to go and read them in their own words over at uh, the, the the group. I'll put a link to the group uh, in there, and uh, you can you can go through. They're, they're both getting a lot of comments. It's it's pretty obvious uh, which ones are going to be. Um, what I do want to talk about is our role, uh, I'm not going to go too into it, but I want to talk a little bit about, you know, our role in creating a space, uh, our role in holding space for these discussions and, um, some of the limits of our powers, uh, and, and some of, you know, where our own fears come from. And, and, and in time, we'll talk some more about what our failings have been when it comes to making this space more readily accessible. I think first and foremost, you know, um, and, and, and some of it you can see if you dive into the comments, you get into the, some of the subtleties of, of one of the stories. Um, discussing this kind of material is always fraught. There's always social pressures and professional pressures that keep people from coming forward. And these are pressures that I will admit I feel as well. Uh, there are stories that have yet to be told. Sometimes those stories have yet to be told because the people whose stories they are do not want to step forward. And it's not our place to force them into to the light, uh, but it also does complicate something like writing a blind item, uh, turning what would be a, a needful process into something that looks more like a gossip rag. Um, that's something, that's a line that I've been unwilling to cross uh, 
because of the, 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 the harm that can do both the harm to people's trust of us um, and the harm in that watching the reactions of when stories would start to circulate stories that we knew were true, but were not backed up um, by people stepping forward. A defensive screen would get raised and it would create more of, of a hedge, more of a blind for the people committing these acts. We, we've watched this happen a couple of times. And so we continue to wait for someone to be willing to step forward. There are also times when people have been willing to step forward and we were not able to triangulate on the story to the degree where we felt we could publish without getting sued and losing. Because a lawsuit is something that someone can drop on you frivolously. Um, and I have been scared of that. I, I will admit out of fear of being sued. Now in time I've had people explain to me a little more like, well, you don't have any assets. So what's someone gonna do? Take the lease on your car? Um, it's, it's not a lease. It's a, it's a finance contract, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, but, but nevertheless, that's a, that's a chilling effect. And there's, there's definitely one story that we did some shoe leather on that we were pretty close to doing the, the next step, which would have been sitting down with the target of the investigation uh, and laying out to get there. And it got choppy. Um, and I'm, I'm still pissed at myself for that. Uh, there's another case where um, we knew that the target had a, a fair amount of money and uh, it, uh, it, it kept me back from, from doing that one. This is also one of the reasons why we spent a lot of time. Um, we spent a lot of time doing. Someone just texted me. <laughs> There's a crisis. Um, we spent a lot of time working on things uh, in the structure of Leia and creating systems so that we could frankly, so that we could identify and isolate the people who weren't willing to abide by communal standards. And that's work that is still on the board. Uh, COVID's put a pause in our organizing there. But there's, there's, there's work that's been done already that I'm going to internally advocate that we make some stuff public because I think it's good for people to know which way um, where our thinking's been and where the community could go. Because what this weekend has shown to me, um, what this weekend has shown to me is that there, weekend week, what this week has shown to me is a thing that I kind of knew but didn't have a way to articulate and that is this is this this has to come from the community the the reckoning with the wrongs and the harms has to come from the community 
it needs to be, um, sorry, the one reason why I'm vague is like someone texted me something. It's like, so one of the posts I talked about may have been removed. I'm not certain. Uh, so there may only be one post left. Uh, if that is, you know, those, those things got to, that's another thing. That's why I'm kind of like, what's going on? Cause obviously there's something I got to go figure out. In fact, I'm going to do the rare thing. I'm going to pause the rant <laughs> and go see what's going on. Okay. I checked. <laughs> Everything's still up there. Uh, Facebook just, you know, Facebook shuffles things for people. So you see one version of the world and I see another version of the world. And it is a problem, <laughs> a real problem. What's one of the problems we'll talk about this weekend? Um, so the point I was trying to make before uh, got off track there, and I really should turn off all my notifications when I'm doing this, and I try, but I fail sometimes. Uh, the point is this. The power to fix this stuff does not lie with me. It doesn't lie with one person. It doesn't even lie with one organization, although organizing really helps. It lies with us. It lies with the collective will of the community. The thing that I am taking to heart and that is that I'm, I'm, I'm taking such a good thing is watching the support come forward for these young women about what they went through and seeing how their stories are encouraging and inspiring others to share their story. I want you to take heart if you have been harmed, if you've been wronged. And this work can be so intimate and so emotional and so moving that it does attract those who would manipulate others. It does entice those who have a weakness in them to prey upon people they think they can manipulate. It does. We know it does. You've had a story like that. It's our job to hold that space for you. That group is a particularly good means and venue to do it. If you have questions, if you have concerns, feel free to reach out to the admins and mods. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm not always available because there's always fires, but, but I tend to take these DMs and calls. But also look for resources that are beyond us. We don't know what we're doing. We're not professionals at this, at dealing with these kinds of traumas. Where we can, we will point you in the direction of the resources that are. That's something that, that we've got to stock up on. But know that. Look at the reaction from the community. And know that you will not find yourself being judged and shamed for coming forward. And if I see anyone in the community doing that, they will not be in the community for long. They'll get a chance to correct their ways, and then they will be gone if they fail. There's dimensions beyond this. There's questions about 
restitution. There's questions about how to heal, how to repair. For us, most critically, there's questions about how to stop these stories from ever happening in the first place and we'll never eradicate abuse but we can damn well make sure that people know there will be consequences for committing it and that for those who have been harmed that there are people they can turn to who make sure that justice is served I felt a little righteous. I get on, I get on my preacher fire. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, more in the weeks to come. A lot to talk about here, a lot to unpack. Um, we won't be talking about particulars of these stories on the podcast necessarily, but in the group and in other forms, um, we'll be, we'll be getting into it. Um, because this is a discussion and the podcast is where I, I rant. <laughs> so I'm, you know, this, this is a form where I do the listening and try to hold the space for those who need it. Um, cause that's what you're supposed to do. All right. It's a very busy day. It's a very busy world. <laughs> I, I missed most of the news on the first. And then, then I, anyway, October, man, October, October's here. It's my favorite month of the year. Uh, this year it's got, uh, the theme, uh, that it shows itself cause October is that kind of month of truth tober hashtag truth tober. Uh, just, you know, things are coming out, things are happening. Um, you know, we had a harvest moon last night. We're going to get a blue moon, which I keep mistakenly calling a blood moon. Cause it's fallen on Samhain, it's fallen on Halloween, so it's it's a it's a blood moon as far as I'm concerned. It's been smoky a few times, so who knows? Hopefully, it won't be uh, when the blue moon comes. But uh, it was red last month, blue this month. You know what a change, what a shift, what a paradigm revelation. Uh, for those of you who are coming to uh, the backer and badge holder stuff this weekend, just remember we're we're chill. Uh, you know, yes, our original plan was to do something hella aggro and try and, you know, create digitally, you know, about a quarter or a half of what we were going to do in March. September kicked my butt and uh, it's it's going to be chill. But there are some really great sessions. And again, um, most of you are backers. So uh, I, I don't feel like not most of you. I mean, there's a good chunk of your backers. So those who made it this far. Um, so if you uh, if you want to you know, dive in, uh, activate. If you uh, don't have access to the Discord and you are a backer or a badge holder, please reach out to me through backer and badge holder channels and I will make sure we get you in. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the the cutoff for getting on the Zoom is uh, probably pretty much past at this point, uh, the two Zoom things. But the Discords will be jumping. And honestly, as far as I'm concerned, the Discord's where the action is. Um, and the Discord is always open. And uh, the cafe was even spinning some tunes. I dropped in a Billie Eilish uh, playlist and was chatting with Amber and Janet. And it was 
fantastic and exactly the kind of grounding that I needed right now. So I hope we can provide that for you as well. That's it. That's the show. What a show it's been. Uh, I will see some of you this weekend and be very happy. The rest of you, I will talk to you next week. I don't know what our episode is going to be yet because uh, it's not in the can, but yeah, we'll think of something. Uh, there's always something to talk about. All right. Let's do the credits. The music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. The sustaining backers of No Persinium are Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hansen, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Sidney Guillory, Jeremy Charles Hahn, Brittany, and Elaine. Wait a second. I'm missing folks. I'm mixing folks. Emily Gillette and Alicia Mullen. I have this written down three times, and only one of them is right. Um... (laughs) It's true. You know, I I physically can't lie to you. Um, Got the bard's tongue. Please, if you have a show you want to see listed in Everything Immersive, go to everythingimmersive.com and sign up. That's how to start it. That's also how you get things into the newsletters. Another thing I got to do today. Uh, Nopersinium.com is where our newswire and our features and our reviews are. Everything Immersive it.com is where our listings are, but you can also find the now playing indoor kids at no proscenium if you prefer to scroll through that way. But play around with everything immersive.com. Make it work for you. Figure out figure out what it is you're missing and want. Let us know. We're really excited about growing that platform and making it cooler as time goes on. The Facebook group is everything immersive on Facebook. Our Twitter is at no proscenium. Our Instagram is at no underscore proscenium. And what else do you need to know? Pretty much nothing else. I got to go. You hear all those alerts? <sighs> We're in it. Until next time, thank you for wearing the mask. Mm-hmm.